A wonderful Wednesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, a special second half preview episode today, looking at the second half of the season for the Grizzlies from the lens of betting odds, both from a team and individual perspective, how close and how favorable are the Grizzlies and several players on their roster to reaching team and individual goals for the second half of this season. We'll discuss that, plus looking at some struggles and successes that could pop up on the Grizzlies' remaining schedule. Let's lock in here on Locked on Grizzlies. Here we go. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome one and all to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, wherever you are, wherever you're listening and wherever you are watching. Thank you so much for joining us. Over a thousand episodes now when it comes to Locked On Grizzlies via our podcast platform and over 100 episodes here in the YouTube era of Locked On Grizzlies. It's been a lot of fun and so many more things heading on into the future. Can't wait to be a part of it with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. You can find myself at StatsSAC on Twitter, the show at Locked On Grizz, wherever Grizzlies, wherever Locked On Grizzlies is available in podcast form, free on all platforms. Check them out also here on YouTube. My name's Sean Coleman, credential media member with the Grizzlies. Have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Right form over at Grizzly Bear Blues your host here at Locked On Grizzlies. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button below here on YouTube. Over 500 subscribers now. Can't thank you enough for making this show the best it can be for yourself and others. Of course, when it comes to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, thank you. Can't also can't thank you enough for making it your first listen of the day. But make sure with the second half, of the NBA season getting closer and closer. You check out the Locked On NBA podcast. It has a series going on of all the different teams in the NBA, wherever they are currently in the standings, the top of the West, the top of the East, those who are focusing on the draft, all the perspective from all the local experts on the Locked On NBA roundtable series. Make sure to check that out as your second listen of the day. So in today's episode, we're basically going to look at the second half of the season season from the lens of betting odds, both for the team as well as many individuals when it comes to them achieving goals that they've had for the entire season. But along with that, we're going to reset the scene in the first segment, look at how close several players and coaches on the Grizzlies roster currently are to winning individual awards this season, and then looking out an outlook for the rest of the schedule in the third segment of the show. But where the Grizzlies stand right now is that they're 41 and 19. Currently, they stand at third place in the Western Conference. They are sick, they are eight games behind the Suns, who right now currently are in the first spot in the Western Conference. The Grizzlies are only a game and a half behind the Warriors. And the Grizzlies are also four games up on the Jazz between the third spot where the Grizzlies are and where the Jazz are, and they're also five and a half games up on the Mavericks. So what matters outside of all that? Basically, where the Grizzlies stand is that in terms of them making a run 
to get to the top of the Western Conference, even with Chris Paul's injury that we know now likely will keep him out for the rest of the regular season, does that mean the Grizzlies really have a shot to go after first place in the Western Conference? I, I just I find it hard to believe. I talked about it on Monday's episode of Locked on Grizzlies. I just do not think, unless the Grizzlies go on a run like they did for December th midway through January when they won 22 out of 26 games. If the Grizzlies were to go like 18 and 4 or something along those lines, the Suns themselves, they would have to basically be eight games worse than that. The Suns right now have played 58 games. If the Grizzlies were to go 18 and 4, the Suns would basically have to go something around 12 and 12 for the Grizzlies to be able to honestly have a shot at just tying for first spot in the Western Conference. I just don't see that being a likely occurrence with how well I think the Suns are still going to play, even without Chris Paul. So getting to the top of the Western Conference, I don't necessarily think is a reality. But the Grizzlies are only a game and a half out of second place. And the Warriors have certainly been playing at a lower level than the Grizzlies over the past month, basically, without Draymond Green. Steph Curry has not been as consistently elite as he was in the first part of the season. The Grizzlies realistically certainly could make a run for the second spot in the conference. And the other thing that stands out is with the Grizzlies in third place, the Jazz are four spots behind the Grizzlies, and the Mavericks are five and a half spots behind the Grizzlies in both the conference and the division. So in reality, the Grizzlies just seem, simply need to play their level of basketball. They have the 28th ranked schedule. They have the third easiest schedule the rest of the way when it comes to the rest of the NBA regular season. If the Grizzlies can just simply play basketball, to the level that they know they can. They can get Dylan Brooks back, avoid another major injury. I certainly think the Grizzlies have enough wiggle room. Again, they have four games up between them in the third spot and the Jazz in the fourth spot. They're five and a half games up in the division and over the Mavericks who are in the fifth spot. I think the Grizzlies, five and a half games up in the division, four games above the fourth place team in the West, I think the Grizzlies' most realistic outcome when it comes to the rest of the season in terms of the standings are they can make a reasonable push for the second spot in the Western Conference while also maintaining their distance between the Jazz and the Mavericks. I think that certainly is a reality. But what's a bit more eye-opening when it comes to some fun odds from our title sponsor, BetOnline.net, is that the Grizzlies right now actually have the 10th best title odds in the NBA. That's correct. They're a plus 28, plus 2200 for the rest of the season to win the NBA title. The 10th best title odds, the Utah Jazz right now have a better shot at the title odds wise than the Grizzlies. Now, I can certainly see an argument for that being that the Jazz, once they get healthy, sure, they may be a better team than the Grizzlies in a playoff setting. We saw just seven months ago how different the two teams were when they met in the playoffs eight months ago. But the Grizzlies certainly have gotten much better in terms of their overall roster, and they've closed that gap quite a bit. Have they closed that gap enough in a playoff series to be a favorite over the Jazz? 
I think they're more on even playing fields when everybody's fully healthy for both teams than one team being above the other. So yes, though they have the third best record in the league, the Grizzlies having the 10th best title odds, that seems quite low. And I do have some questions about how low that is, but I also feel it's certainly reasonable when you consider the fact that I myself have said, I feel that the two true title contenders out West right now are the Suns and the Warriors, and you have quite a few many more title contenders that are reasonable out East. That's nothing against the Grizzlies. It's just a realistic viewpoint of what their current odds are to win the title. So the Grizzlies certainly, in terms of the rest of their season, in terms of the Western Conference standings, they certainly could make a push for that second spot in the conference. They should be able to play good enough basketball to hold off any runs by the Jazz or the Mavericks. If the Grizzlies can finish in that second or third spot in the West and get a favorable first-round matchup, I really do think this Grizzlies team, at the very least, will have a hard-fought second-round exit, but also could be in a better position than some might think to truly make a Western Conference Finals run or further in the NBA playoffs. So even though the odds are low right now for a potential championship run, I get the logic behind it. However, if the Grizzlies simply continue to play basketball as they've done all season and they continue to win Near, near at least the rate that they've been winning over the past few months, they could find themselves in a better position than many might think to truly make a deep, deep run into the playoffs. But of course, another part of that, besides the team having success that it can in the Western Conference standings and in playoff positioning, is the individual efforts from several players who are also in the running for some major awards when it comes to the NBA this season. We'll explore that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk with you about prize picks. Prizepicks.com. It's a great opportunity for you to make daily fantasy easy. You pick two to five players and then over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Whether it's points scored, rebounds, steals, whatever, you will be able to pick what you want as a prop in order to be able to beat the odds. And PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of their users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans as well. Sign up today and use the promo code Locked On NBA for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Once again, we can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Obviously, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Grizzlies, we're finally going to be able to talk a bit of basketball, looking at what the Grizzlies really need to do in order to get off a hot start in needed categories to really be as well-rounded as possible when they're making their playoff push, but also looking at their start of the second half of the season matchup against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we talked about the fact that the Grizzlies right now are pretty much in a position where they're likely going to stay. There, I think there is probably a 90% or better chance, at the very least, maybe even 95%, that the Grizzlies are either going to be in third or second place in the Western Conference 
once the season ends. There's there's 25% of the season left, a quarter of the season left. The Grizzlies, yes, they're within a game and a half of the Warriors, but I don't think any team behind the Grizzlies is truly going to make a run to challenge the Grizzlies spot in the Western Conference. And I don't think the Grizzlies, even without Chris Paul, are going to make a serious run at the top spot in the Western Conference. So with that being said, we know that the Grizzlies are likely in the position that they're going to be when it comes to their current standing in the Western Conference playoffs. But the way for them to maintain that and the confidence in them to maintain that is individual players continuing to play at the level that they have been consistently playing at this season while also seeing Coach Taylor Jenkins obviously perform his magic as head coach. And let's start there. Obviously, the Grizzlies have found several individual players for the Grizzlies have found themselves in great position when it comes to being favorites in several annual individual awards for the NBA. For instance, Taylor Jenkins right now, he is a plus 800, according to betonline.net, in the Coach of the Year odds. Right now, Monty Williams is the overwhelming favorite. He, he finished second last year, obviously um, also finished, um, obviously with the um, – uh, Suns being the top of the Western Conference right now and having the season that they are, if they maintain their position of having a significant lead in the Western Conference without Chris Paul, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat Monty Williams for Coach of the Year. But Taylor Jenkins has put together such an impressive resume, including winning Coach of the Month in December, where he clearly is likely going to finish top five in Coach of the Year voting. And if the Grizzlies were to make a serious you know, run at the Suns, you could see Taylor Jenkins propel himself into being a favorite, being a true top two favorite in the conversation. Right now, it goes Monty Williams, um, J.B. Bickerstaff, and Taylor Jenkins. And how uh, cool is it that the last two Grizzlies coaches are now in the top three when it comes to coach of the year odds? But Taylor Jenkins right now, plus 800 According to betonline.net, the likelihood of him being able to do it, I don't necessarily think is that favorable, just because I do think that Monty Williams is going to run away with it, especially if the Suns maintain you know, a, a significant lead in the Western Conference. But it at least is fun to talk about Taylor Jenkins being in that position to be one of the favorites when it comes to Coach of the Year. The next thing that stands out is obviously after a historical month of defensive production in January, Jaron Jackson Jr. right now has the fourth best odds when it comes to defensive player of the year in the NBA. Right now, he is at a plus 575 when it comes to defensive player of the year. And it absolutely is true after a month of May in or after a month of January in which Jaron Jackson Jr. was just all over the place when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. In terms of blocks, over 50 blocks in the month of May, um, just a, a, an incredible production when it came to both his defensive activity as well as his overall effectiveness protecting the rim. As of right now, over at BetOnline.net, the odds favorites for Defensive Player of the Year are Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Giannis, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr. is at a plus 575 odds currently. But the thing is, is that Rudy Gobert coming back, if he's not as effective as he was before the start of the, uh, before in the first half of the season, before his injury, if he's not as effective, Jaron Jackson Jr. certainly could start to work his way up, especially if Draymond continues to be 
absent due to an injury himself. Both Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green have certainly been, you know, have certainly, I don't necessarily know if they've made a hole in their resumes, but they certainly are leaving the door a bit open with the fact that they have missed significant time due to injury. But the key for Jaron Jackson Jr. is this, in my opinion, for him to really have a big push for Defensive Player of the Year. I think that he's going to need to have a month in March like he did in January in terms of defensive activity production. But also, if Dylan Brooks can return, that allows for Jaron Jackson Jr. to focus even more on the defensive activity. And if Jaron can finish with a significant lead in blocks, if he can reach 150 blocks and 75-plus steals, be clearly one of the more effective rim protectors in the league, as well as someone who can show the ability to switch and continues to show the ability to get out on the perimeter. If Jaron Jackson Jr. can lead the league in blocks, reach 175-plus blocks, 75-plus steals, and you could see the Grizzlies be a top five, six or seven defense for the rest of the season, I truly do feel Jaron Jackson Jr. can be one of the top three favorites for Defensive Player of the Year with a legitimate shot to win the award. Now, do I think it's likely? I don't at this point. I think that one of Gobert, Draymond, and Giannis, for Jaron to really surpass all three of those players, it's going to take a big effort. It's going to take a big defensive month of March, both for him and the Grizzlies. But as I mentioned before, I never really thought that based off the fact that those other three have the reputation that they do, that Jaron would be able to overcome that this year. But I do clearly think Jaron has made his mark to be on an all-NBA defensive team with an outside shot to win Defensive Player of the Year come the end of the season. Obviously, the other thing that stands out is most improved player. Now, this is where we get into a bit of a debate because John Morant right now has a neg- is at a negative 500. He clearly is the favorite to win most improved player of the year, according to BetOnline.net, with Desmond Bain being in the sixth spot at plus 4,000 on. So Desmond Bain being most improved player, it probably is not going to happen. But John Morant winning most improved player, there's no doubt that that is valid. There is no doubt that John Morant has clearly taken a significant jump up from where he was to where he is now. But I also do think that there is also legitimacy to when people talk about the fact that when you look at the MVP voting, John Morant also has the fifth best odds to win MVP right now at plus 1,400. Now let's focus on MVP first. I think that when it comes to MVP, it's likely that John Moran is going to fall just a bit short with how special of a season both Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid are truly having. The only way in which I feel that John Moran really has an opportunity to win MVP is if he's put, is at least for the second half of the season, if he leads player all players in scoring in the second half of the season, and he truly is a driving force to where the Grizzlies all of a sudden are challenging the Suns, for top of the Western Conference, I think that's how John Morant wins MVP. But with how special Nikola Jokic is playing and with how special Joel Embiid is playing, if the Nuggets and Sixers continue to win at an impressive rate, it's just going to be hard to beat either one of those players. So if John does not have a chance at the MVP this season, then of course there still is the most improved player. But is John really supposed to be in that conversation? 
If he is where he was at the end of last year and how he was performing in the playoffs, and he used that as the springboard to get into the MVP conversation this year, is he really in the most improved player conversation? Has he gone beyond that? I think that uh, potentially. There truly is an argument to say that John Morant may not have improved as much as others have when you see where they were this year versus where they were last year. The gap between where John was at the end of last year to where he is this year is certainly significant. But is it as big of a gap as where Desmond Bain was last year to where he was this year? Probably not. But of course, when it comes to John Morant, you usually see the most improved player awards go to a player who unexpectedly was either an all-star starter, when few expected it, or an all-NBA type performer, when few expected it. Many expected John to make, an, uh, to make a push to at least be an all-star consideration this year, but not many expected John to be a clear all-star starter, a top vote-getter, and also John to clearly put together a campaign that's going to land him on the first or second All-NBA team. So even if you think Jaw may be beyond the most improved player award, it does seem like that is the most likely individual award that a Grizzlies player or coach will win this year because of how special John Morant's season has been, and now he is certainly among the upper echelon of NBA players. So the Grizzlies and Coach Taylor Jenkins – Jenkins, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, and Desmond Bain. Each and every one of them are truly in a spot where they can make a run for an individual award. Is it likely that the Grizzlies are going to have multiple award winners on their team? Probably not. I do think that the best chances the Grizzlies have are Defensive Player of the Year for Jaron Jackson Jr. and Most Improved Player for John Morant. But the simple fact that we're seeing the Grizzlies' young trio of Morant, Jackson Jr., and Bain, at least in the conversation for these awards, and, J and Taylor Jenkins in the conversation for Coach of the Year, it goes back to the three questions being answered with flying colors that they had at the start of the season. Can Jaw step up and be the superstar that we all expect him to be? Can Jaron step up and be the number two, at least on this year's team, with a supporting cast forming around him? And can Taylor Jenkins show he could truly be the coach for when we want to be a contender, as well as he has for during the rebuild. All three of those questions have been answered with a resounding yes, and the fact that you're seeing the names of Jenkins, Morant, Jackson Jr., and Bain in individual league award conversations is a big reason why this season has been so special. But of course, the only thing that really matters right now is how will the Grizzlies do how can they get off to a good start when it comes to the second half of their season? We'll look at that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk with you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And listen, the odds are always in your favor when it comes to Built Bar. And the reason why I say that is because there's over 18 different flavors you can choose from. If you want something that tastes great in the morning, have it as, a, as your breakfast. If you want something that tastes great in the afternoon, have, have it as a snack. But if you go to build.com right now, you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, go to build.com, put in your promo code, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. 
Of course, can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But don't forget to check out the Locked On Now podcast as the NBA season gets going. A great opportunity for you to get instant reaction to all the significant games each and every night around the association. Check out the Locked On Now podcast as your second listen of the day after Locked On Grizzlies. So, of course, the Grizzlies get started tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the way that it will, will, will play out is this. The Grizzlies will start tomorrow in Minnesota. And then on Saturday, they'll be going to play Chicago. Next Monday, which will be the last day of February, the Grizzlies will then play against the Spurs. And then the Grizzlies go on an extended road trip between March 3rd and March 10th. The Grizzlies will be on the road playing the Celtics, the Mag or yeah, the Magic or excuse me, the Grizzlies will be playing the Celtics on, on um, Thursday, March the third, and then they'll be looking to welcome the Magic to the FedEx Forum on Saturday, March the fifth. But for much of, but for much of the beginning of March, the Grizzlies will actually be alternating between home and the road. And then, excuse me, the big road trip that the Grizzlies have is from March thirteenth through March 22nd, in which they'll be on the road facing the Thunder, the Pacers, the Hawks, and the Rockets. So all in all, the Grizzlies starting off, at least for the first month of their schedule, back in the second half of the season, they're going to be a bit more on the road than they are at home. If you remember at the beginning of the season, I mentioned that the Grizzlies between late January in late March, they were going to get a bit of a test because they were going to be on the road much more than they were going to be at home because they had so many home games before the end of January to start the season. And they obviously took every bit of an advantage of it. Thankfully, the Grizzlies are going to have quite a few rest days, quite a few opportunities, including several days in which they go in which they go two days without a game. So rest will certainly be there to help them out. But the Grizzlies are going to be on the road quite a bit, at least through the March 20th, including that 10-day road trip between March 13th and March 22nd. But despite the fact that they'll be on the road, the Grizzlies are going to be facing a very manageable schedule. You have a tough matchup against the Timberwolves, obviously, tomorrow night, and then you've got the Bulls on Saturday. But beyond that, the Grizzlies play the Celtics on March the 3rd. That is three of the Grizzlies' first four games. Each of those games will be with the Grizzlies on the road. So say the Grizzlies hopefully go 2-1 and one over those games. But despite that, despite those three games and their first 10 on the schedule, the remaining seven games of the Grizzlies' first 10 games in the second half of their schedule, they play the Spurs, the Magic, they play the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Thunder, and the Pacers. And then the Hawks and the Rockets as well. Each and every one of these games. So between the Grizzlies playing the Celtics in Boston on March the 3rd and then playing and then welcoming the Nets to Memphis on March 23rd, between those two games in that 20-day stretch, the Grizzlies are likely going to be favored in every single one of their games that they play between March 3rd and March 23rd. That's how manageable of a schedule the Grizzlies certainly have. And even though many of those games are going to be on the road, the opportunity is going to be there for the Grizzlies to make even more room, to create even more distance between them and the Jazz and the, and the Mavericks. But also, it's a great opportunity 
in this stretch of games, if the Grizzlies can navigate at least going 500 or better when they face the Timberwolves, the Bulls, and the Celtics in three of their first four games out of the gate in the second half, if the Grizzlies can get past that first four games of the second half of the season, you really could start to see them put pressure on the Warriors for the second spot in the Western Conference because of how manageable their schedule is the first three weeks into March. Is it likely? I'm not sitting here saying that it's a guarantee, but it is a very strong possibility that if the Warriors continue to sputter or if they continue to deal with their own injury issues, if they continue to sputter to start the second half, the Grizzlies easily could put some pressure on them for the second spot in the Western Conference. But while the first month or so of the second half of the Grizzlies' schedule is certainly something that's manageable, it's certainly an opportunity for the Grizzlies to make a run, it then becomes a bit more competitive in the second part of the second half of the schedule. The reason that I say that is because what will really make or break where the Grizzlies are going to be once or where the Grizzlies will end the season in the Western Conference is a stretch of games that they have from March 26th through April 7th to end the season. After the Grizzlies go through the first three or so weeks of March in which they're playing a lot of teams that they should be favored against, starting on March 26th, the Grizzlies in a six-game stretch will be playing Milwaukee at home, will be playing the Warriors at home, We'll be playing the Spurs on the road. We'll welcome the Suns to Memphis. Then we'll be playing the Jazz and the Nuggets on the road. Again, in a six-game stretch between March 26th and April 7th, and with three of these games on the road and three of these games at home, in a row, the Grizzlies play the Bucks, the Warriors, the Spurs, the Suns, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. That will be, in my opinion, the gauntlet that will eventually determine where the Grizzlies are going to be in the Western Conference standings. Again, can they take whatever momentum they can build in the first month of the second half of the season? Can they win at the rate they've been winning to be in a strong enough position to maybe overtake the Warriors for the second spot in the West and then get through that gauntlet, survive that gauntlet to where they can remain in the second spot? That's how the second half of the season is going to go. How well can the Grizzlies position themselves with a very manageable first four weeks of the second half of the season before they run into that tough stretch of games that I just mentioned to have a clear shot at overcoming the Warriors for the second spot in the conference? That certainly will be something to watch. So the basic um, narrative of the second half of the schedule, the Grizzlies' first four games of the second half of the season, going to be tough with the Timberwolves, the Bulls, and the Celtics. Then, after that, for about three weeks, the Grizzlies should be favored in each and every game that they're playing and hopefully will win perhaps six out of eight, seven out of eight, what have you. But then between March 26th and April 7th, the Grizzlies play the Bucks, the Suns, the Warriors, as well as the Jazz and the Nuggets, along with the Spurs, five out of six games against teams that right now are clearly playoff contenders and clearly could be teams that the Grizzlies eventually run into in the Western Conference playoffs, plus the defending champions. That six-game stretch will really define the chances that the Grizzlies have of either staying where they are or potentially pushing the Warriors for that second spot 
in the Western Conference. It's going to be great to see. And as we know, the Grizzlies are going to be up to the challenge, especially if they can get Dylan Brooks back and their defense can get back to playing like one of the best in the NBA. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Make sure to stick with us for tomorrow. Check us out here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. And as always, wherever you get podcasts, which we are always available free on all platforms. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.